0: Hello and welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I'm your host Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be giving you guys a recap of the OKC Knicks games, my thoughts, and what we did well in this one. So, coming into this game, the Thunder were 3 and 4. Their last game, they beat the Pelicans 111 2, 110. So, we were looking to even up at 4 and 4. While the Knicks, they have been one of the biggest surprises in the NBA. They, through eight games, were 5-3. In the last game they played, they beat the Jazz by 12. They were on a three-game winning streak, I believe. And for us, we just came off a dub against the Pelicans. So both teams were kind of on some sort of momentum here. But we had no Ty Jerome or Reza, no Shocker. And then the Knicks, they actually had seven people as like doubtful for this game, only four of them didn't play, so Nilakina, Toppin, Dennis Smith, and Burks were all out, those were kind of some big pieces, to be honest with you, lose their point guard depth, Burks was a spark off the bench for them, and he was dropping like 20 plus, plus. and Toppin, their lottery guy, that's like a double-double waiting to happen with him, so they were gone, Taj Gibson was also out, but he literally got signed by the Knicks yesterday, so He wasn't going to show up anyways. It wasn't much of a surprise. In the game, though, both teams started ice cold. We went 1-for-6 through our first six shots. So did they. But we stayed cold throughout that first. And the Knicks, they kind of warmed up a bit. So they started out on a 10-2 run. And we had nobody to look towards. The only person who was providing some sort of offense in this first quarter was Al Horford out of all people. They were letting him shoot it as much as he wanted to. And I mean, with everybody else guarded up, we kind of had to give the ball to Horford. So that's where the seven points came from him. And those were like, he was the only person scoring. He, he scored our first seven. And while he scored seven, the Knicks as a team dropped 17. So with four minutes to go in the first, we hadn't even cracked 10 points and all our points came off our center. So we could not find anything. And we somehow rallied in the last four. We got up to 15 points, but the Knicks had 24. So they were up nine points entering the second quarter. And with us, I mean, there was a co- there were a couple people who chipped in at the end of the quarter, like Muscala hit a three, Maladone, he had a layup somewhere in there. But it was just all Horford, uh, to be honest with you. And he ended up shooting it six times in that first quarter alone. So we couldn't find any sort of stroke there. When we talk about the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, surprisingly, he had nine points in the first through his ten minutes. He was three of five alford payton he was a bit shocking he got to the line he had three rebounds and six points in that first so they had a couple options with us it was strictly about al horford and it led to us shooting five of 24 in that first so kind of infuriating where the knicks they shot nine of 26 so they were like 35 but i'll take 35 over 20 percent. you know what i'm saying We had a lot of issues in that first, and it seemed like we were going to bounce back a little bit. That second unit that I always talk about being like one of our best lineups comes in again and goes on an 8-0 run through the first four minutes. We're talking about Diallo. We're talking about Mike Muscala. Kenrich Williams was out there, I believe, in that streak, and Maladon was in there. Those guys can put a fire under us. And then for our fifth dude, we can throw in a guy like Poku or Roby. It doesn't really matter. They just light a fire under this team and they do it time and time again. They crawl us out of that early deficit, get us up to only a one point deficit with eight to go. And we continue to kind of piggyback off of what, you know, our bench started for us. We had 27 points in that second quarter and the Knicks only had 18 so it was 42 to 42 entering halftime and we got up on our field goal percentage I said that we were 20% in that first when we're looking at the half collectively we bumped it up to 35% on field goals and the Knicks they were just around that mark too they were 34.7 through the first half and when we're looking at threes six for 20 from the Thunder And the Knicks were 4 of 13. Those are both in the 30s. These are like identical stat sheets when we're looking at the halftime report, which was kind of ridiculous. Even rebounds. 29 to 28 advantage for the Knicks. That is hardly anything. The only real difference here on where people were getting their points was the Knicks. They were kind of just going inside over and over again. They had 24 points in the paint in that first half where we were kind of trying to stretch things out and the person who was helping us stretch things out was still Al Horford. He had 15 points in the half, three of four from downtown, six of nine total. He only had one rebound in 14 minutes which is kind of weird considering he's a center but he really was just a stretch big for us there so he wasn't in a place to snag any boards. SGA was two of five in that first half but He had 7 points, 6 boards, and 3 assists, so he was helping us get involved. And then people like Kenrich Williams had 5 points, Diallo 5 points, Muscala 5 points. Add all those together, and you're going to have a decent amount of points. 42 is nothing crazy, but it's a lot better than 15 points in a quarter, if you know what I'm saying. With the Knicks, they still were kind of just focusing on barrett i think randall was putting some shots up there but he really didn't get his kind of spark until the later parts of the game so i'll go into that in a bit and actually i'll go into it right now because the beginning of the third quarter was when randall started getting hot he was shooting some baseline mid-range shots right over Baisley. he hits like three of them in a row There's a reason that Randall came into this game averaging like 23 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 or 8 assists. It's because he can orchestrate the offense, and when he gets hot, you're not going to stop him. So he kept putting Bazley in one-on-one situations, probably like 15 feet away, and Bazley was not able to get a hand up. So it was constant mid-range shots piling up for them. But what ended up helping us was we were able to prevent Randall from getting the ball And they had to use some of their other guys like Barrett and Peyton, who we know are not that great of shooters. They had to start jacking up some shots. And that gave the Thunder what they needed to get on a 7-0 run. And it ended up ending with four to go in the third. But it got us our biggest lead of the game to that point. And that was 61-256. In the last four of that third, nothing really significant was going on. Just trading shots. We were up 69 263 come the end of the third and with with the Knicks like I was saying it was all about Randall he had 11 points through three he shot the ball 12 times he had nine boards five assists he got into foul trouble though and that's kind of what our saving grace was because that's one of the reasons he wasn't able to continue lighting a fire under the Knicks because he Really had to play passive, and I think he ended up getting pulled at some point due to having four quick ones. RJ Barrett was still jacking up a ton of shots. Like, he played 32 out of the 36 possible minutes through the first three. So, that's just really telling you how much lack of depth the Knicks had in this game. He still was doing solid. Like, he had 13 points, and then Alfred Payton, who played 26 out of the first 36 he had 13 points six boards he was 4 of 15 though so he was ice cold Barrett was 5 of 15 so not great efficiency Robinson was cold Bullock who had to start for them he was 2 of 7 through the first three really no offense there off the bench they had people like Austin Rivers chipping in a bit he had 10 points through three but nothing spectacular there where as was with us i mean sga this is kind of where he took off he got up to 20 points by the end of the third nine boards four assists but hamadou diallo made a major leap from the first half to the second half he had seven points alone in this third quarter including a three ball actually, and he was getting inside and he was wearing down people like Reggie Bullock and Austin Rivers because he had to slide up sometimes to defend Diallo. We know Diallo's a lot more athletic and stronger than Austin Rivers is, stronger than Bullock is. You want to throw RJ Barrett on him? That's great. He's going to fall on the floor because Diallo's dunking on him. Diallo's too much of a beast inside, and he was just imposing his will. And I'm really happy that Dagnalt was letting him continue to shoot this. The ball, really. He had eight shots through the first three, and he just seemed to be our primary source of offense at times in this third quarter. But heading into this fourth quarter, man, we were really unsure of what would happen in this one because through the first three, there were already five ties and 15 lead changes. So, if the pattern continued, this fourth quarter would probably be low scoring, down to the wire of a game. But it didn't really seem to start out with that. First off, Mike Muscala ended up getting hurt for the Thunder. Like, the first couple minutes, it didn't seem that serious. Isaiah Roby had to check in for him, and he was the center. That led to the Knicks being able to attack inside. They had guys like Randall, Nerlens Noel off the bench. Those are the guys attacking Roby, and you're just going to be giving up some points whenever you have that height mismatch there. It was nice, though, because our other bench guys, like Teo Maladon, he was getting open for his shots, and Alexey Pokachevsky hit a 3 a pull-up three right in the face of a guy, right in front of Kevin Knox, drains the shot on him, off the dribble, I I mean, dude, it's so satisfying watching one of his shots go in because he's struggling so much right now, and it's it's not really a high-harking shot at all, it's really just, it, yeah, it doesn't have any sort of lift to it, it's really those line drives, and when it misses, it looks ugly, but when it drops in it's satisfying but it's also like wow he made one i'm glad that he was able to get a bucket in the bench was hyped seemed like everyone was hyped except pokachevsky he was all business seemed like he was a little bit pissed off even after he made it but yeah kevin knox who poku hit the three over returned fire with a three of his own also in poku's face and when poku puts his arm out in front of a guy i don't know how on earth you're going to be able to make a shot Kevin Knox did some crazy stuff there. That's pretty much an impossible shot to make. A three over Poku with his arm extended. So congrats to Knox. That was probably his only highlight of the night though. Really from that point on, there was not a ton of stuff going on. Like The Thunder still were mounting on this single digit lead, but they were able to build it up and they got it up to nine with around two or three to go. And then Dort hits a three ball to put the thunder up 12 that was the icing on the cake the knicks were not able to come back from this one and the thunder won 101 to 89 for the new york knicks man randall he had 18 points 12 rebounds and seven assists which on the surface looks really solid but he should have been able to do a lot more, to be honest with you. I feel like the game plan was centered around Randall, and he shot 8 of 15, which is not terrible, but when you're shooting around the basket most of the game, shooting, like, right above the 50% mark is not that solid. Like, for reference, I think last year, Mike Muscala shot around 75%, three feet from the basket. Now, I do want to say that Muscala only jacked up maybe like one or two of these a game. What I'm saying though is it's kind of hard to miss a shot right around the basket. And I get Randall was trying to extend his range a bit in this one. But inside, he didn't shoot that stellar. And he had five fouls, so he couldn't only he couldn't really play as much as he wanted to. He's been playing around forty minutes in these last couple of games. Only had 31, so that helped us big time. Mitchell Robinson Surprised he wasn't doing much inside on Horford. He only shot the ball three times. He was 3 of 4, though. I would have assumed he would get more touches. He didn't. Reggie Bullock, 3 of 8, didn't do that great of a job. Alfred Payton was 4 of 16. Like, I mentioned this in the preview. I wanted Payton to be the one having to shoot the ball, and he sure did. He shot four three-balls, and he only hit one of them Really, all his points came from the free throw line. Seven of his 16 were from the free throw line. So he was doing absolutely terrible. And due to them just not having any depth at the guard spot, outside of Rivers maybe, he had to play 31 and he didn't do that well for them. RJ Barrett though. This guy, I don't know how he did this. He's like an Iron Man or something. He played 44 out of the 48 minutes. And he led the team with 19, but he shot 7 of 21. So he was chucking everything up, and he was 1 of 5 from 3. When you're playing 44 minutes, that's not really a good stat sheet. And I know he was probably so, so tired in the last couple minutes, so I can't really blame this on him. But he didn't do that great of a job. And just due to no one else being able to give him rest time, he ended up kind of slowing down on his shots because I told you in the first half he was good really eased it back in this second half and that kind of allowed us to get back into the game off the bench Austin Rivers was solid for them shot five of 12 in 32 minutes five rebounds and six assists Rivers is criminally underrated like he is a great backup point guard he can create shots for you and he can lead your offense he's like a Diallo in some sorts I don't know. I think Diallo's more the inside dude. Rivers is more the guy who can get hot from the mid-range and three and really give you those streaks. I think Jordan Clarkson might be a better example. Just had a little bit lower of a rate and a little bit less consistency, but yeah. Rivers did solid. Emmanuel quickly, who funnily enough, we ended up picking in this draft. There was already a deal where we traded like pick 25 and 29 to get Pokachevsky but we we drafted him originally, and he ended up getting shipped off to the Knicks. He was one of nine in this game, absolute garbage for them, and that's just like he had to get pulled because of how bad he was doing. And that's how Barrett had to play so much, and that's how we were able to just exploit him a ton in this game. Norland's Noel actually went scoreless in this one, and I'm a little bit confused. He only played 11 minutes um, on o of one shooting. I'm a little bit upset that the Knicks would disrespect him like that because he's a beast. He had three blocks in 11 minutes, might I add. And for us, he was the perfect backup. I hope that Noel's not playing 11 minutes every single game because that would be... I think he got screwed over if that's the case because Noel, if he was on our team right now, I would be comfortable with him being a starter down the line if we were to trade Horford or something. Noel is very, very good, and it's kind of it's kind of sucky how little of a run he got playing a team like us who had Mike Muscala as our center, but whatever. For the Thunder, though, SGA was our leader in points. What a surprise. He had 25 points, 10 boards, and 7 assists in 34 minutes nine of 14 in this game and he didn't miss from three this is probably the first time of the season maybe not but this was the game where he was actually feeling it from downtown and when he starts feeling it you step up and then he penetrates and finds a dude open gets those seven assists it's not always about jacking shots up inside and I get a little bit mad watching him just on occasion because he will have open threes and he'll drive in and never look to pass or do anything with it he was shooting when he was open driving in when necessary and passing out when it was a good read perfect game from him in my honest opinion Darius Baisley was a guy who I predicted dropping like a season high in this game uh I was just dead wrong he had four points on 2 of 9 shooting. Um uh, it's 7 rebounds, but really not that much of a factor in this one. I wish I like I don't know. I honestly I thought Basie would be cooking up on Randall, but he just didn't shoot a lot and when he did, he was heavily contested. So I'm not surprised he shot so bad seeing as how Randall pretty much clamped him up. I will say I do think even though I made a bad projection on him, it's made up because I predicted Hamadou Diallo to score 18 points in my game preview. And you guys can listen back if you don't believe me. I predicted he'd drop 18 points. And what does he do? He breaks that benchmark. He ends up scoring 23 points in this game. And all of them were pretty much from that second half. I think 18 of his 23 were. 8 of 13 shooting. 11 rebounds. 2 assists. In just 29 minutes. He is insane when he's driving inside. And I told you all, due to nobody on the Knicks bench, Diallo should have had a field day. And that he did. When you have him penetrating on a guy like Emmanuel Quickly or R.J. Barrett who hasn't rested the entire game, he's going to be scoring on them, and if not, they're going to be hacking him, and that's why he went six for eight from the free throw line. On four of his shots, he got to go up there. 75% from the line from him is really, really good, so he was great everywhere, including the three where he went one of two. Great game from him. I want to see him running the second unit offense at times. Like and this was one of them where he was running the second unit, but then he was also running running the game with like SGA right next to him. And SGA is like calling for the ball. Diallo had none of it. And that's completely fine because when Diallo is hot driving to the basket, that's the most efficient shot, probably in the entire NBA. So Good on him for wanting to shoot it 13 times and good on Mark Dagnall and the other players for letting him have this moment and opportunity to play so well in this one. Looking at other dudes though, Horford didn't hit any shots past that first half. He stuck at 15. George Hill and Dort really silent. Hill had four points on one of four. Dort, five points. On two of nine shooting, he had eight boards, but I think he clamped up Barrett enough on his time out there. I mean, Barrett shot like 25% or some garbage. Actually, no, he shot five of 15, but Dort clamped him up, took him pretty much out of the offense, and when Dort was off the court, I mean, Barrett way too tired to be doing anything out there. He's probably screaming for some Gatorade, took him out the game, that's all he needed to do, and... Whatever he was doing on offense is just a little bit of uh, extra reward there. So I'm not really that upset he only dropped five. Off this bench, dude, I think Poku may have dropped his career high up to this point. Seven points, six rebounds in 19 minutes. This guy looks like a star. If you're looking at this stats, man, seven points. Oh my goodness. Wow. Being a little bit sarcastic there, but... (laughs) He he scored seven points and it really didn't even look like he did much at all in those nineteen. He kind of just snuck in there and started balling out. You also had a block from out of nowhere. Defensively, he's gonna be really solid. Just comes down to if he's able to consistently make it from three. If he's able to start hitting the three balls, he's gonna be playing a ton of minutes and no one in the NBA will be able to guard this guy. So To everyone who's kind of been complaining about him, I saw on, like, Instagram. I was checking the comments on, like, Poku whenever he got concussed. Comments are just flooded with people complaining about the guy. I don't get why people would give up on him so fast. And this was kind of a known thing, that he'd be a project. This is a good game for him to build off of, so I hope he's able to continue dropping numbers like that in very little time. Teo Maladon... 2 of 8 in 22 minutes. He had 4 points, 5 boards, and 3 assists. Really just your typical point guard. Like, he wasn't making shots fall, but he was making plays for other guys. So, if the shot's not there, he can always rely on the passing. Gets a little bit crazy sometimes when throwing them. Seemed pretty solid in this one, though. He actually didn't even have a single turnover. Liked what I saw from him in that one. And then Mike Muscala to round things out. A little bit of a quieter night. He was left wide open from three, but he only shot one of four. In his 15 minutes, he had five points and then four boards. I think he hit that one three, and he had a nice cut to the basket as well. But yeah. Other dudes, I mean, we had Kendrick Williams, who dropped five points in six minutes, and Roby, four points in four minutes. I think they all did decent. This team as a unit did very solid in this game, and I think... Really, what ended up letting us win this game? First off, we have to be talking about the rebounding. Rebounding has been a huge issue with us due to the lack of size we possess. The Knicks had Randall Mitchell Robinson, who is one of the best rebounders. Actually, both of them, probably one of the best rebounders in their respective positions. And then nerlin's Noel, who's also a beast on the rebound. So they got three dudes right there who are. I didn't think we'd be able to counter with Baisley, Horford, Muscala, and Roby, whoever you want to throw out there. But we had other dudes coming in out of nowhere and just balling out for us. Like Diallo, who had 11 boards, SGA with 10 boards, Dort had 8. These are all guys who aren't even at the big positions. They all rebounded all their guys. Horford had 8 rebounds and Basley had 7. But the guards were getting active in there and just creating stuff for us. So, huge nod needs to go to them. We ended up out rebounding them 70 to 55. And they just couldn't get any second chance points, which would have been their bread and butter, to be quite honest with you. I mean, if Randall comes down with a couple of offensive boards, he's flipping it right back up and he's cashing it on two points. So, taking those chances away. Really helped us out big time here and let us win by such a big margin of 12. I think the second thing was Julius Randle. I talked about him on rebounding and just in general when going over over him in the game. The stat sheet looks like he did a great job of 18, 12, and 7. But he really was not as big of a factor as it would show. He was trying to be the focal point of the team. But we were just kind of... putting so many guys on him he had to force the ball out and seven assists looks good but when you're looking at where those passes and assists went to it's guys like Alfred Payton and Barrett who couldn't even make shots really so he probably gave up 20 wide open passes to guys but only seven of those shots went in so we were making him pass out and the reason he's averaging so many assists I didn't realize this until this game is because people are trying to just swarm the guy and it makes sense because if we had Randall on Basie the whole night he would have went on for a career numbers maybe I don't even know I just think that strength advantage would have helped him a ton we didn't give him the chance and that's why he only was able to put up 15 and guys like Barrett are dropping 21 shots you know what I'm saying so really good work just as a unit stopping their main guy in Julius Randle, forcing him to do things. Honestly, no one on the Knicks wanted to do. Like, I don't think Tom Thibodeau was drawing up Alfred Payton chucking up 15-plus shots in the game or R.J. Barrett playing the whole game and jacking up 21, you know? They wanted Julius Randle jacking up 50, and they couldn't do that because everyone was swarming him, and then he had 5,000 this one. So really, really liked how we were able to clamp up on Randle But the last thing I need to talk about is Hamadou Diallo, man. He was just waiting for a breakout game. And he's always shown in limited minutes that he is just crushing it. He's never able to jack up the amount of shots he likes. And when he does, it's normally at a low clip like those 2 for 8 games. You don't see a lot of times where he's like 7 for 10. Normally, he'll be like 3 of 4 or 3 of 5 in a game. He's never fed shots in the double digits and this one he was and just due to having no matchups for the guy he became one of our primary scorers and I think honestly even though SGA had 25 and Diallo had 23 Diallo was more of a factor scoring the ball like SGA jacks it up so much that I don't know I feel like I feel like Diallo's points and it's probably the dumbest thing ever because of course the stat sheet says SGA scored more but Diallo had to just scrape up all those points where SGA is kind of just walking in and getting some freebies there but Diallo was just working on everybody on this Knicks team and just tiring them all down letting other people score. I think SGA to that same sentiment he's able to score inside. I don't really know if he's fatiguing their players much but he's able to draw on those double teams and get those passes out if you know what i'm saying so i think diallo collectively even though it looks like he takes iso ball the whole time there's a lot more positives to him going in by himself than you would imagine it takes a toll on the whole entire opponent's defense and it gives other guys chances to just dominate on the knicks because of their lack of energy. So Diallo had some career numbers here. I think it was like his third or fourth double-double of his entire career so far. I think that he should be able to do pretty solid in these next couple of games. I think our next game is against the Brooklyn Nets. I don't want to speak too soon, but I believe we're playing the Brooklyn Nets. And, yep, we actually are. We're playing the Nets tomorrow... Um at 5 p.m., but I think they're having some COVID issues going on right now, so they may have a bit of lack of depth at the point guard and shooting guard. If that's the case, Diallo's going to be dropping double digits again. I'm just going to say that. I'll go more into that in the game preview, but I don't think Diallo's done just yet. But other than that, guys, that is going to wrap up today's podcast. I thank you all for listening Hope you all enjoyed and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.